sidekicks and hench folk out there in the geek nation you're listening to the spoiler alert a cult pop joint we're recording live at 4327 main street philly zone johnny destructo's hero complex it's my comic shop i'm your host johnny destructo with me this week is brian lieb hey hey Hey. hi how's it going it's going well I'm just staring at your beard. Yeah. It's a good one. What's your favorite color? Mm. I don't know that I have a favorite color. I've often wondered that. You lie. Everyone's got a favorite color. I mean, blue sprang to mind. See, that's your favorite color. Yeah. Also with us. It's a lot of different colors, though. No. What's up? Hey, bud. Hey. Uh, What's your favorite color? Green. Oh, (laughs) shit. Hot pink. Thanks for asking. Um, I'm sorry, what's your name again? So, Oh, I'm Johnny Destructo. Nah! Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Spoiler Alert. <laughs> what's Recorded up, live, 4327 Main Street. I'm your host. Um, so, <laughs> uh, Listen, we got letters. We, we got, got letters. letters. We got lots and lots and lots and lots of letters. Uh, right, we have one letter. <laughs> oh, well. Our song is wrong. I'm well, sure it's made up of a lot of individual letters. Oh, that's true. Yes. Oh, we do we got lots of letters. <laughs> Thank mean, you for that. I mean, that's preferable to our song being an abject lie. Yeah. Uh, so this, this email is called, So, it's okay for Noel to review books the same week they come out via email, but not me? That's the subject heading? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, um, you're new to the show, Brian. Yeah. Uh, we have a long time listener. Hmm. Many times writing in. Mm-hmm. Uh, his name is Christopher St. Saucy Goodnight. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's got some sassafras. All right. Yeah. Uh, he continues. Cool. 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 While my last email was quote unquote rude, it wasn't untrue. The title, or whatever you call it, was a reference to Ferris Bueller, in case you didn't know that, JD. Did you know that? I, I didn't know that. This is my official request for you to review Berserker Unbound in like three weeks. It comes out the first week of August, which is in two weeks. If so, wait, what? Well, it comes out like three it comes, weeks. He said like, yeah. yeah. I meant two. But plus, it will be plus or minus. It's probably been about a week. If you don't get any copies of it in your shop, I'm sure you could buy one from Amalgam or maybe Comic Zen. Those are those are wonderful shops that are yeah. also in the Philadelphia yeah. area. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Amalgam Comics and Coffee, run by Ariel, and then Comic Zen is a very good friend of mine, Tim from last week. He was who used to be on the show, and uh, he owns his own comic shop in Lansdale, mm-hmm. Pennsylvania. Excellent. Um, I am getting the comic in though, so we will review it. Speaking of that. What do you think of the idea of diversifying one's comic buying? There is a shop in my town, but honestly, it sucks. Mm. He doesn't stock the shelves. Everything is pre-order only. Books come in day of instead of the day before, and it's usually around 3 or 4 p.m., and he won't let any of the clerks unbox them, so it takes forever since he has a real job and isn't there when the books arrive. He's, he's, not, a, 
he's not a retailer then. He's What's just, happening? Just, he's just a pusher. Like an Amazon hub. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> what is that? Like, that's such a strange Yeah, that ordeal. is weird. Why, would, why at this point, why not just order them to your own home unless you enjoy the companion yeah every single every totally single publisher viable. has yeah every yeah. single publisher has a direct service sure yeah, 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 yeah. it's really frustrating especially if something comes in damaged because diamond sucks uh. he's not wrong hmm. i do get a lot of damages and misplaced books but he is located in my hometown and i can't always get to the shop out of town Sometimes it's once or twice a month, which, to be honest, is fine for my DC books, but I've been thinking about getting my Image slash Dark Horse slash Marvel books from him just because I want those books on the day of instead of weeks later. If Noel or Brandon or Terry split their comic orders between shops, would you be offended? Also, can Mark shout out the shop he goes to in Chicago? Hmm. Chris St. Saucy, good night. You know what? That is the best email chris ain't saucy goodnight has ever sent us i love this email yeah, thank I, you hmm. saint saucy yeah he brings up like a, a bunch of really good points also first for the first question oh it's okay for noel to review books the same week they come out via email but not chris ain't saucy goodnight is that what you're insinuating noel yes cool. yes i am all right okay yeah. oh like, um b- a berserker unbound I'm willing to give that a shot. That's Mike Diodato, and who's writing it? I don't know. I hate Mike Diodato. So do I. However, yeah. well, okay, hang on. I don't hate. I don't hate him. I'm sure he's lovely. He's right. a provider for his family. I'm sure he's nice to dogs. I don't like his artwork. His most recent inking and then figure work is just, like, massive and monstrous and kind of weird. Like, yeah. you know, what was it? Um, Wolverine with baseball mitt hands? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'll give it a shot. I oh, yeah, forget who the writer is. What is it? Like, Jerry Duggan? Is it Jerry Duggan? Is it Jerry Duggan? It might be. He's doing Savage Avengers, I think. It's a, it's a pretty good like if I remember it being a good writer. If only we had access to some sort of hmm. worldwide web of information. Carry hmm. on with the other questions. Yeah. Um. Yum, 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 yum. Oh, if somebody diversified the, but see why? Um, why? Now like, I actually Brian. did that when this store opened, when yeah. your store opened, because I had been a longtime uh, subscriber at a at different comic shop, store yeah. uh, where we met, and uh, but I moved or I forget exactly the timeline, but. Um, you know, for whatever reason, you know, we're friends. I like you, and I wanted to for support you. For whatever reason, we're friends. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess, who knows? Why Why do these things happen? That's true. You know what That's I mean? True. Who Who's, knows? Who can say? But we are friends. Yes. <laughs> but <laughs> that was actually the reason. Yeah. Supplying for whatever. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that being one of the reasons, and, you know, to support mm-hmm. you and, and see you and hang out, but also I still wanted, you know, I've been going to that shop Access. since I was like... I don't know, That's nine years old or whatever, yeah. however young it was. It's a sense of loyalty, absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. Which I actually also got his companionship thing because my dad ran a wholesale news company at the time. Mm. I could have gotten free comics and did, but I still would go in and buy comics. And he was like, why are you doing this? But I liked going into the store. I mean, mm-hmm. it's one of the only places to hang out with other people yeah, you yeah, know, into yeah. this stuff. When, um, when I lived in Orlando, there was, uh, it was... It was it was post boom, but there were still multiple comic shops in Orlando, hmm. and I just I liked the, the people that worked at at least three of them. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So I would mentally I only had I had a pull list only at one, but I would mentally know like well when I get trades I like to go to hmm. um, uh, Uberbot when I my pull list is at Coliseum of Comics, mm-hmm. but hmm. Bad Apple's a really good little place, and I like to give him business. Yeah. So I would, I would like kind of separate it all. Yeah. Hmm. Now I do have my very good friends Mike and Julia had lived in Maniunk and were part of the friend group that arrived because of my shop. There's a whole influx of people that I'm all. It's a huge friend group now that I'm friends with because of my shop, hmm. and we've all met each other through my store, which hmm. is lovely. 
And it's one of the best things about my shop that I, you know, it's sort of a sense of pride that I have for that. Hmm. But they moved to Baltimore, and there's a comic shop right there that they will buy their weekly books and stuff, but they've, they've divvied it up. They're like, all right, J.D., everything that comes out from Image that we want, we're going to buy from you. Hmm. But if there's stuff from Dark Horse, we'll buy it from them. That way I wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't accidentally double up. Yeah, yeah. So I do have people that get from one shop and then come to me for other things hmm. specifically. Um, more importantly, though, when you have a comic book store, there are several types of retailers. And I think some of them are... Um, they will clutch everything to their chest and mm. no one else is allowed like access to, to information, knowledge, um, et cetera. But I like to send people to other shops. If I don't have mm. it, mm -hmm. go to Amalgam. I sure. know Amalgam's sitting on a bunch of them. Go get those. Yeah, yeah. Um, You've made phone calls for me before explicitly. Like you'll call Tim from last week and be like, Noel's looking for this book. Do you have it in your shop? Exactly. Mm. And I will purchase it from there. You don't. You, I, you are I not a gatekeeper drive, of books. I literally drive to yeah. the other comic shop to pick it up for my customers here. Uh, and if I go, th if I don't have something, I'll take a note that somebody wants. And if I go to another comic shop, I will specifically look at that shop for other people's books mm -hmm. that I don't have access to because they're not through Diamond anymore. They're sold out. And if I see a copy of Criminal Number Three and I don't have access to it, and Noel wants a copy, I'll buy it for from for full price hmm. from another retailer mm -hmm. and bring it back here to sell it to you. And I'll, I, I'm not really eating the money. I'm, you're at least paying me back because mm -hmm. you're buying it at full price again. Um, that's not true. You get a discount. So <laughs> I'm eating, I'm eating the price. You eat my, you eat my fee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah. So no, I, I think everybody, you should go to as many shops as you want. Now, that being said, don't get pissed off. If you don't have a subscription anywhere and you've missed House of X number one, hmm. I've had multiple calls. Uh, I would say maybe 10 to 20 phone calls of people looking for House of X, even though I let everyone know way in advance, hey, this big Hickman book's coming. You're going <laughs> to want it, blah, blah, blah. And I now have 10 extra orders out hmm. for House of X. And people were calling me and they're upset that they couldn't find a copy. And I said, well, did you have a subscription? Well, no. Hmm. Well, I, like to, I like to hunt around and look for it. Clearly you don't. You're hmm. upset. I mean, that's the risk you take when you yeah. hunt. That's kind of the essence of the hunting. Yeah. You know? yeah. So, yeah, like that segues into the next bit. Um, his local retailer doesn't sound like much of a retailer, just like a stoppage point for the books. Yeah. Like if he makes you wait to on his schedule to pick up what he ordered for you yeah. and that you are going to pay a higher price for than he is. It's like an honest conversation needs to happen whether he's a good enough retailer for you to put your business on and how quickly you need those books. Here's the interesting thing for me about this. Hmm. To In order for me to get my books from Diamond on a Tuesday instead of Wednesday, I pay $4. Hmm. Mm. It's a $4 fee. Hmm. So I'm curious as to why he would w not just pay that $4 and get it the day ahead. Yeah. Well, and maybe he figures he's not going to do it Tuesday because he said he has a different job, and yeah. maybe he's like, "Well, I'm not going to do it Tuesday night," and I, who knows? And he won't let any of the other retailer. clerks unbox them. Yeah. You can't so conceivably make people so like we're uh, uh, us nerds are a first quick kind of lot. That's why yeah. we go see movies on opening weekends. Yeah. That's why yeah. we read books on Wednesday nights. Yeah. You can't expect your like uh, if if he is the only shop in town. Uh, that's still happening by virtue of him being the only shop in town. Yeah. yeah. yeah you yeah, can't yeah. make people wait till like six or seven at night 
you know, the pleasure of picking up their own orders. I'm curious what the shop looks like. What's on the shelves? Yeah, if nothing. If there's no new books. If, yeah. if, like is it, it, maybe is it's, it's just, just all trade paperbacks? Oh, maybe, maybe it's just a hobby shop. Yeah. That, oh, yeah. Maybe it's just like orders like through Diamond. Yeah, maybe comic. it's not a mainly comics I shop. Yeah. I want more information on this shop. Yeah. So I'll see. Yeah, you know, don't call the dude out. No, no, just, right. I just mean just like, curiosity. I just I'm curious about a little bit yeah. more. I'm wonder I'm wondering what his model is if is he doesn't have to shop? actually sell comics yeah. outside of his yeah, orders. Yeah. Hmm. Or is it just a hobby shop? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Um boop 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 boop. Yeah, no, it's I guess oh, that's it. Where did you land on if it's okay for him to order from other places all around? I just said it's yeah. good. It's Go fine. for it. Oh. I thought the it's Do good is like we're done. No, I prefer <laughs> I prefer to give you give me all your money. Yeah, but I'm happy that you're. If there are people who only order trades from me, sure. and they've got subscriptions elsewhere, I'm happy to have the trade business. It's nice of anyone to come to my shop at all. Yeah, obviously, like or honestly, if you are uh, getting some of their money as opposed to none of it, yeah, I'll take some. It is better, yeah. <laughs> right? Um, and uh, there's been a lot of times where people will come to me just here and there, but they'll enjoy their experience so much that they'll just uh, switch. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which is nice. Uh, so yeah, thank you so much, Christopher Saint Saucy. Good night. Awesome. That was your best email ever. I love it. And let's see what's up. So we were breaking the show up a little bit, y'all. We're just trying some different things. We're going to be more structured, less meandering. Hopefully, <laughs> I have a tendency to meander, and it has always bothered me. So I kind of want to instill some ground rules. So we've got our intro. We've got our correspondence. Cool respondents. And we're going to review two books. Then we're going to do a thunder round where we get 60 seconds to talk about a book from this week. And then we're going to review three more books. So that's five books every week. And then we're going to do what you do this week, huh? Which is a segment where we <laughs> tell each other what you do this week, huh? Hmm. And then uh, we're going to do a back issue book report where I will assign. We'll take turns assigning each other. <laughs> first, I've printed out a first grade book report from the Internet. <laughs> And uh, we will take it home and fill it out for the next week. And then uh, that'll be the end of the show. So let's get started. House of X, number one, written by John Hickman with art by Pepe Larraz. And the Internet has this to say about the description. Ace the Future. Superstar writer Jonathan Hickman takes the reins of the X-Men universe. Since the release of Uncanny X-Men number one, there have been four seminal moments in the history of the X-Men. Giant-sized X-Men, X-Men, Age of Apocalypse, New X-Men. Four iconic series that introduced a new era for Marvel's mutants and revolutionized the X-Men. In House of X, Charles Xavier reveals his master plan for mutant kind, one that will bring mutants out of the shadow of mankind and into the light. Once more. Oh. Wait, were they, were they, were they ever in the, in the light? They've always been hunted and feared by the people. Which one of the major developments in X-Men history was them in the light? I'm not <laughs> sure. I'm not sure. Right. I mean, I guess new X-Men, right? Because they, they, they all had superhero outfits. Well, they were no, out doing superheroes. Astonishing stuff. was the superhero outfits. Oh, new right. new yeah. X-Men was the, we don't got to do that crap anymore. Yeah. So they were all in leather. With yellow X's on I the love those. Frank Wiley. I love them. Yeah. 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 Those BDSM outfits. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Astonishing. And pretty much everything after that was, you know, we wear our logo almost as like police wear badges. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Uh, so anyway, this happened. Cool. Uh, I've been very excited about it. I have not been excited about the X-Men since. What was what was after? Which one came first? Was it Astonishing X-Men or New X-Men? It was New X-Men came new, out. Uh, Astonishing. Astonishing was after. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So Astonishing was after. Yeah. Was, new was that the last time I cared about the X Men? Maybe no. I think we've had this conversation before. You dug some of those later 
um, giant events with the Messiah Complex. Oh, yeah. I did like yeah, yeah you yeah. liked all those. You're right. There was like three of them. It was like Messiah Complex sec- or Second Coming, Messiah Complex, and something else. Something else. So this book. <laughs> oh, the one we're reviewing? Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> I mean, isn't this that segment where we talk about old events? <laughs> um, so what I was saying was, it's been a long time since I've cared about next book, and uh, this was real good. It was real good. I liked it a lot. Um, so, uh, we, oh gosh, how do we even describe what's happened? So, oh, uh, you got it. You're I, do, I do have, I Go. do have like a, a take on it. Okay. Um, this is this is a new thing for the X Men to do. So, the basis of this story is that um, they've tried every other different way to ingratiate themselves or become equals to humankind, hmm. except through pharmaceuticals and monetarily which sure. is essentially yeah. what this is so so the the plot of the book is that um the island of krakoa which is a sentient mutant island is it itself a mutant is Isn't that it? i was wondering during the book and i don't remember what its history is it's yeah, like it's like a little it lower. A human that is an island I don't or know. is it okay Did that, was it an island or a human first and an island know. mutated yeah Mm. It w- would it be great? It would be great if another book we're talking about this week, the history of the, of the Marvel Universe, talks about Krakoa. <laughs> yeah. um, either way, I don't know if it does. It oh. doesn't. In the it book. does. Yeah. And not in this one. It hasn't gotten to that point no. yet. Either way, um, the last I saw Krakoa, I believe, was in Jason Aaron's Wolverine and the X Men, hmm. where the grounds of the X Mansion were on Krakoa. Oh, right. Oh like, no, uh, Krakoa moved to the grounds. Right. Huh. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, like, I said it backwards. But the yes. island. Yeah. It was no longer yeah. in the water. Yeah. I got you. So right. does that mean, in continuity, the Krakoa can move from land to land? Yeah. It seems that way. That's cool. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, either way, Krakoa um, generates these flowers. The flowers themselves can... Al- they allow you to transport from place to place that they're planted. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, you plant like one on the... like little stargates. Yeah, you plant one on the moon, and you've got one in New York. You can essentially transport from the New York to the moon without yep. issue. Um, they also, they've come to discover that these uh, derivations of these plants can be three miracle drugs for humans. Yes. So the X-Men, or Professor X explicitly, is holding it over, I guess, nat- uh, the United Nations head that yeah. we yeah. will give you these drugs if you recognize us as a nation state. Um, and there's really no negotiations. Thanks. Great. Yeah. Bye. Which is reasonable. So, I mean, there's a th- he has these flowers. It's not like he is obligated to give them out. Mm-hmm. It would be nice if he did, but he can also be like, hey, we want to be recognized as a nation. And then so, you can have the flowers. Yeah, those three drugs, uh, human drug L-I-N-M. The first one is uh, produces a drug that extends the life of a human for five years. Exactly. Five, five years, years. Yeah. <laughs> um, Then there's a flower produces an adaptive universal antibiotic, a super drug for humans. And then this flower produces a drug that cures diseases of the mind in humans. Hmm. You would think that drug yeah. would be a good one for them to let out for free, no strings attached. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of the people that hated mutants because yeah. of their mental, mental issues yeah. would not, you know. Yeah. The, Just you, put that shit in the water. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah immediately yeah. attacks, mental mental illness, um, Physical sickness and life expectancy, yeah. just like that, yeah. which would completely change the makeup of the world mm-hmm. if you add five years to everyone's life and cure them of everything at the same time. Now, this sounds like one of those things we have seen time and time again where a supervillain will have something seemingly wonderful to offer humanity, but then, of course, everything goes wrong. Which brings <gasps> me to Professor Xavier in this book. 
He's got a weird ass helmet that's a mix between, you know, uh, Cyclops's helmet and then the what's that guy's the name? The Maker. The Maker, who was mm. the evil version of Reed Richards from the Ultimate Universe, mm-hmm. who's now in the regular Marvel Universe, and he's walking around. Yeah. It's strange. So, um, I didn't. I remember skimming what's been happening with Professor X since he's come back from to life. Mm. That is Phantom X's body. Oh. So you remember how Fan- Phantom X has two brains? Yes. Hmm. Um, oh, one's in like a drone, right? Well, that's the the world. That's like his EVA? alien friend. EVA, oh, okay. Eva. Okay. Um, but he himself has two brains, oh, part cool. of his, his mutation and being yeah. tested or experimented on. Hmm. But um, in one of those X-Men books that I don't care about and didn't read, like blue, red, gold. Sure. Mute, hmm. puce, Black. Puce and yeah. minutia, whatever. Um, when he came back... Um, it was really. It sounded really creepy that Phantom X was just like, "Yeah, take my body, yeah. and you're, you know, brought back to life. Self conscious can just take it over." Hmm. So, so they're sharing the body. Is he in there? I don't know. Interesting. So okay. So I, I did not know that. So to me, this was a new incarnation of Xavier that I had not seen before. If they're sharing it, it uh, Phantom X doesn't seem to be an active participant at all. Okay. Hmm. Um, Which is creepy in and of itself for any kind of air quote hero to do. This book is creepy as hell. Yes. There's uh, there's so much (laughs) creep in this book that I like. Uh, The very first scene, we have these pods, these uh, eggs hatching. Then it looks like it's surrounded by Krakoa. And people come out of it. And I see one guy with short brown hair Mm -hmm. and one woman with long red hair. And then we see Professor Xavier. Oh, and the guy with short red hair. Seems to have some kind of laser coming out of his Cyclopsy eye. Cyclopsy sort yeah. of. Uh, the Cyclopsy uh, kind of power. <laughs> yeah. And he goes, to me, my X-Men. So it looks like he may have just regrown all of his X-Men mm. out of pods from Krakoa. Yeah. I don't know, but it's creepy and I love it. Now that I'm thinking about it, too, like this doesn't just look like Krakoa. This almost looks like um, Eve- EVA. This almost looks like that oh. weird world. Interesting. X-World or whatever that was called? I don't know. It was... It was um, Phantom X's ship that was like oh yeah EVA sustain- yeah, yeah. yeah. This looks like the interior of that hmm. like Maybe. I don't know but it's gross and I'm curious uh, there is a there is definitely a air of just pernicious ickiness mm-hmm. with all the way the characters are acting but it's it's a it's a really it's a very um it's appealing like reading a good antihero story yeah, but I'm but really they're supposed it. to be good guys yeah we're used to them yeah. there's some the heroes some huh. nasty shit that i happens. mean you know there's more to come i'm sure oh, yeah. and it, you know it could turn out that many of them are heroes mm. or what have you oh well, i mean that's important to note so yeah. house of x is a six issue miniseries which is going to run concurrently with powers of x mm-hmm. or powers of 10 and mm. um uh and then that'll lead into Hickman's X-Men run hmm. plus a bunch of other series that are coming. Yeah, and they're weekly, right? Like they're they're oh, alternating. They? Oh, huh. Yeah, so they're they actually put in a at the end of this book. So, of course, just like Hickman, there are a lot of Graphs. infographics <laughs> and, and you, which I read all of them and I found them all fascinating as hell. Like I sat down and ate this book. Hmm. I like nice his sit. like num, num. you know, kind of design aesthetic mm-hmm. on his interstitial stuff like the sort of like a display that you are reading mm-hmm. stuff, and it goes from book to book. Like it's been like this always with him. Yeah, his I, yeah. In the last, in the I want to say in the last year, the last two years, part of one of one of my 
reread projects or you know finally read projects was Secret Warriors, mm-hmm. which was just filled with that stuff. So mm. good, so good. Uh, but there's you know we're not even talking about the the subplots that are set up here with with um, these new organizations that are like on the sly combating what the X Men are able to do now or seemingly able to do. Did you notice also that the organizations are like not uniformly good or but you know they're like. Drawing from Shield and Hydra and Aim and yeah, so yeah. this yeah, yeah this this Orcus uh, establishment they actually have an infographic of the percentage of their members, which is like thirty one percent Aim, twenty four percent Shield, four percent Hydra, five percent Hammer. Like it literally is the best of the best of mm. all. Like um in a, in a way, it's agnostic of affiliation it's yeah, just yeah. this is this is a big enough like threat like the, the affiliation X-Men. to humanity yeah <laughs> the <laughs> x-men are yeah, a big yeah. enough threat seemingly to yeah. these organizations that they they form on their own but yeah this is going to be a uh weekly with the other series and i i'm more than anything else i'm interested in finding out why the hell it's called house of x and powers of 10 yeah because hmm. it's it's all gonna like lead up to something hmm. cyclops is Weird in this. Well, I also that so that scene where um, Mystique and Sabretooth in his classic—I love that he's in his classic outfit—are yeah. um, attacking damage control in order to steal something. And of course, you know they're supposed to go in quiet, and no one's supposed to know they're there. And then Sabretooth starts murdering everybody. Yeah, why did they take Sabretooth? Yeah, why would <laughs> you take that kind of covert mission? Like the shapeshifter would have been a good choice. Even though it's funny, he got started in covert missions with Logan. Oh, yeah. And now he's just terrible at I mean, it. I mean, no fuck's given at some point, right? Yeah. 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 Um, but that's the other thing is like damage control, the new the new status quo for damage control, which is a long-running Marvel institution, is now also collecting and holding on to different um, well, weapons, all, super weapons. Yeah. Like all intellectual properties. So yeah. Soul's yeah, yeah, Hammer, yeah. his anvil, the bridge, Iron Man's Mark 5, 6, 7, and 8. Um, rescue marks one and two, the anti-proton sling and the multiversal beacon. So they've got a, their hands on a whole bunch of stuff ever since. What happened? Legally dead. Yeah. So uh, this is such this is such a Hickman cool thing. Like uh-huh. in continuity, the Fantastic Four were gone for like That's years, right. so yeah. they were declared legally dead. Mm. Uh, Tony Stark was in a coma for ever. Yeah. He was classified legally dead. So a lot of these things that weren't. Mm explicitly in their facilities became in a way public domain for the yeah. for damage control so mm. now it's be, like they've become like a de facto gold mine of mm. all this future tech which is a plot point i can't see them not using at some point <laughs> pretty this, cool this book is filled with so much shit it's yeah. it's just fun mm. um it took me two sittings to get through mm-hmm. mm. but not because i wasn't enjoying it it's just there was a lot going on and mm. then i needed to Take a break, and I'll come back to it. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, he does have those interstitials where there's just a lot of info. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. But, oh, we didn't even get to the art. It's beautiful. Oh, it's, it's really so good. good. Pepe Larraz. I really like what they did. The uh, the helmet, Xavier's helmet. Um, mm-hmm. I think I originally thought it was like a sphere kind of thing, and that would have been an easy choice. But it's got this, like, uh, cathedral arch to it, you know, on mm-hmm. the in a side view. That I just thought was a really cool, uh, cool little thing, a little yeah. choice to make. Yeah, yeah. I, I also love the design of the space station where oh, this yeah. Orcus is. It's a, I guess it's an old, um, what do they call it? like the Sentinel uh, Master, the Master Mold. The, yeah, the Master the, Mold is, is that in what there. that is? Thank yeah. you. I, I assume sure so. Because it can make. They're like, oh, we'll just make some more. 
with this. And I think the master mold was like the and, one that made. Yeah, and ones. the master mold yeah. was like ten times bigger. Yeah. So this is like it's essentially the head of a celestial in a way, but it's a sentinel. Yeah. Hmm. It's kind of like nowhere, but it's a sentinel. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, this book was great. Yeah. It's everything I wanted it to be. I'm excited about reading the X Men again, even though I'm very confused about the <laughs> what's actually going on yeah, with those I, characters specifically. Hmm. Um, Where's it, Brian? Yeah. What's up? What did I think about it? Yeah. I really liked it. Okay. Oh, I thought I had made that clear. Yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. Um, I feel a lot of the same way. Like, X-Men were never my in my, like, top list. Mm-hmm. And they're always one that, like, if something cool was going on, I'd read it. Same. And then i kind of drop it. Yeah. Uh, but it's got, like, it's got all the classic elements in a fresh-feeling way. And I really like that with comics. I'm sharing a panel. Um, it's my WTF moment of the week. Like, oh, crap. <laughs> of Xavier looking on with Wolverine tussling in the flowers with some youngins and giving like creepy looks to Gene. To Gene, I'm like, who are these people? <laughs> yeah, and it's it's Stepfordy, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, or that sort of creepy. like prancing introduction. Mm-hmm. They oh, I love like the when pose you first that see Xavier's him. in. He's sort yeah. of like yeah, he's definitely. I I called it a prance. It's definitely yeah. some sort of prance that he's doing. Yeah, it's a very specific Great sort of yeah posture. Like it's really cool. It speaks to the art again. And I'll tell you, I miss Stuart Eminen, but my man is filling in real nice. Uh, yeah. I don't want to say that he looks exactly like Stuart Eminen, but it definitely evokes that Eminen. Flavor. Mm. That I like I the, really like. I like the like heavy line work. Yeah, it looks really cool. It's very bold mm-hmm. and like uh, like Hickman's writing. I think it complements it really well because they're both like present. You know well, what yeah, I mean? A lot of a lot, I think um a lot of a lot of Hickman's books, at least in the past, sometimes felt antiseptic. Mm. Yeah, like the writing is very technical, mm-hmm. uh, good but very technical, and I think some artists incorrectly translated that on the page in kind yeah. of a I guess antiseptic's the only thing I think. it's yeah. too clean, yeah. not very lived in, not very warm, whereas mm. this is a bit of the opposite yeah. and it makes the story a little creepier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like a little bit more uh, attainable or, or accessible. Yeah, it's uh, I've I've described Hickman as being very dry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um so yeah, I'm 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 in for all six, probably yeah. 12 issues of the, these two series. I, I can't mm-hmm. wait to see what Powers of 10 is going to be. Mhm. Um, that's it. Let's move on. Detective Comics number 1008, written by Peter J. Tomasi, with art by Doug Monkey and inks by um, Jamie Mendoza. The Joker returns to Gotham City. The Joker is through working with the Legion of Doom, and he wants to get back to his roots, giving Batman absolute hell. Mm. The Clown Prince of Crime comes back with a bang! And he's not about to take prisoners. As if that weren't enough, Lex Luthor delivers the cure for Mr. Freeze's beloved wife, Nora, Mm. freeing her from cryostasis at last. But something else is very, very wrong with Nora. Dot, dot, dot. Hmm. That we happened in the story? We didn't get most yeah, of I that. Didn't, I, uh, didn't, uh, I don't remember anything, stuff. B- anything uh, unknown it's being wrong with Nora, because we already, you know, she's in a coma or whatever. Well, I mean, you. none of that actually happened in the book, too. No. Well, okay, so at the end, so what's happening with Year of the Villain is so many of these uh, DC titles end with Lex Luthor coming sort of like a Sith Lord. Uh, he's via like a hologram, and he's like, What's up, dog? I'm wearing a hood now. Uh, I'm here to give you an offer. And that's kind of what happens at the end of this. He he meets up with Freeze and is like, "Sub dog, I got a hood now. I'm here to give you an offer." And that's kind of it. We don't get anything about Nora no. getting something wrong with her. Mm. And yeah, and she's yeah. Oh, maybe but, she comes back, but not as she was. Am, am I the only one that's up to date on Justice League? Yeah, dogs. Yes. All right. 
All right. Cool. He's, so, he's, uh, well, I mean, is there like, anything else you want to? I mean, to that, he is, he's not just in a hood. It's pretty yeah, what's creepy. What's his deal? Oh, all right. Yeah. You wanna? I could spoil it if you'd like to. Spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's a, that's involuntary. When you say spoiler like that, I yuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's a uh, apex lex. He's um, hmm. he, he well, he died. He's died, oh. and then he's been kind of reborn slash. Hmm. His DNA has been grafted onto that of a Martian. So he's kind of like Martian humankind. Ooh. Does he have, like, how many Martian Manhunter powers does he have? Any? Thus far, yes. all of them. Oh, sweet. He's, what? Like, in the last in the last two, well, so far, I, we haven't seen him fly. We haven't seen him all in right. a physical fight. But in the last two or three issues of Justice League, it's, it's basically been him and John um, kind of trying to one-up each other. Uh, so, he has, so he has those pointy fingers because he wants... Pointy fingers. You have pointy fingers. Right, right, right. It's not like a side mm-hmm. effect. He's shapeshifter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Um, okay, some, cool. Some really wicked, nasty stuff just happened uh, with, between him and John in the last issue. Oh, I'm excited. Mm-hmm. I got to catch good. up. It's good. You guys, yeah, you gotta I, gotta yeah, I yeah, try yeah. to read Justice League, yeah. and then I kind of give up. And then mm-hmm. Noel comes along, and he tells me about what's <laughs> happening in Justice League, and I get excited yeah, yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. It's, a rough, it's a rough book. The way it's structured is a little weird. So it'll be like four issues of, what the hell am I reading? <laughs> and then the fifth issue will be like, this is what you've been reading, real, de- <laughs> real confident and defiantly, and you're yeah. like, mm. okay, I'm in. Mm. But okay, you still have you. those like three issues of like, what's I, I should drop this, but then they smack you in the face. Yeah. Scott Snyder, N- yes, and oh, James, James Tinney in the fourth. They've been they've been like going off, uh, handing off. Mm. So yeah. this issue is a just a fun Joker issue. Yeah, he has t- taken over a uh, an amusement park. Boland Park, as Boland a matter of fact. Boland Park, yes, yeah, yeah, nice yeah. reference. Yeah. Um, to Brian Boland, who drew the Killing Joke back in the eighties, and uh, yeah, so basically he's taken over uh, Boland Park and he's holding everyone hostage and he's having a grand old time. And Batman shows up, and uh, it's just a fun, classic, one and done hmm. Joker Batman tale, hmm. and it was a lot of fun. What did you think, Brian? Uh, I really liked it too. I thought. Um, I enjoy the classic looks of everybody. Mm-hmm. I'm still enjoying like Batman's in his classic costume, Joker looks. So that is very cool. I also enjoyed the like oh, just a quick Joker story. Batman plays along for a little while mm-hmm. and then says, "The reason I played along is this." Yeah, and then you know, um, which is just we saw that Batman. recently on Tom King's run, done way better here. Mm. Yeah, and more believable. Yeah. I have thoughts. Oh, oh. What were your thoughts? Uh, no, I was waiting. I'm, I'm uh, like, I want you to finish. Yeah, that's about the gist of my thoughts. I thought it was. I think I probably landed somewhere between the two of you. I liked it, um, but I was not as. It wasn't. There wasn't anything brand new about it. Right, that wasn't no, necessarily not down uh, in the annals of bad history. Right, like that's it the greatest like Joker a, story. But it was a nice yeah. little. You yeah. know, I haven't seen just a nice little story of the two of them interacting. Yeah, it was a one-on-one. It was almost like a slice of life, day in the life Mm -hmm. of Batman and the Joker, where he wakes up, he goes and beats the Joker. Yeah, the Joker, you know, makes a makes a joke about. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, keep going, Joker. Keep going. You make a joke, I punch you in the face. Exactly. Yeah, and then uh, and then it ends, and the the end of the comic. Yeah, Yeah, because I feel like every time the Joker has shown up, it has been some crazy shattering story right. like it's our last we're finally gonna Top kill the each previous other. joker story and this was just like listen dog 
I, I got this right. amusement park. I got all these people here. I'm going to do some crazy shit. Uh, why don't you beat me? And Batman was not that worried about it, even in the beginning. No! He was like, oh, the Joker's up? I guess I know what I'm doing. All right. All right. I'm going to take the poll. Now, it sounds to me, correct <laughs> me if I'm wrong, Noel, you have thoughts? I have thoughts. Hmm. Okay. That's all. We can move on. Okay. No, <laughs> right, nevertheless, cool. no, you haven't. <laughs> not what they are. Um, so I, I dropped this book four or five issues ago. For some reason, it just wasn't resonating with me, and I really like Peter J. Tomasi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought this would be like a really, like, hopefully, like, I'll jump in on this one and see if it feels a little different. Yes. Um, it was fine. Yeah. Hmm. Like, it was just fine. It felt like a, it felt competent. Okay. But slightly inconsequential. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I didn't like. I think we all agree. Yeah. 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 And I didn't like. Batman playing around or, or playing along because oh, right, it yeah. did remind me of the Tom King issue in the church where the Joker literally murdered like five people in front of him and he was just like I'm gonna keep doing what he says because he might. I'm like he just shot five people in front of you yeah like it, it didn't make any sense so so I had a bad taste in my mouth for like the whole middle chunk <laughs> where it's just like punch him yeah yeah just punch him but. But then but they I'm explain glad he it. Didn't punch him. I know they because ex- I think all those people. I, I get it. Yeah, they explain yeah, yeah. it. It just it took me out, and that's probably by virtue of just me be being mm. a reader of more things, mm. right. and it's not a problem with the book. I really did like the last joke or the last little piece with uh, where he f- he flung the 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 sound maker or whatever on yeah, him, yeah. and mm-hmm. a bunch of bats attacked. The <laughs> yeah, Joker. that was how cool. painfully yeah. and ironically sublime, <laughs> which was great. But then. In a weird way, to me, it was immediately ruined with the Commissioner Gordon just being like, nah, don't worry about it when it comes to the Joker's body and or recapturing him. Oh, because of the Chinatown reference? Yeah. I think is what they were... It's Chinatown. Oh, didn't yeah. even get that. Yeah. Didn't that, even get man. that. It's Bolin Park. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, yeah, forget it, Jake. It's yeah. Chinatown. Because also, this is... I'm assuming that is an even more direct reference to the amusement park that Gordon was in in The Killing Joke. Okay. Yeah. And so it's like, I, uh, this is, yeah. Because it's very out of character. I did, yeah, Go find him. S- super out of character. <laughs> right. I, I just, I, <laughs> yeah. I didn't get. It landed like a like an anvil on me. I'm like, mm. uh, okay. Yeah. I'm just. You know what? I'm really gun shy about Batman and Batman's sh- uh, books being completely out of character. <laughs> I'm just like, no, fuck this. <laughs> now I liked it. I thought it was mm. fun. Oh, I liked definitely liked it more than you did. I loved the art. I loved oh, it. Oh, Monty. it is really good. Yeah, my man. I I liked the bit where Joker returns the batarang. To Bruce Wayne, yeah. To, oh, I'm sorry, to Batman. To Batman. <laughs> um, just keep use it to yourselves. Use his work name. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. He's like these must cost a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Between the hours of dusk and dawn, exactly. He goes by. Please, nice only Batman. Yeah. It helps him maintain the distance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, to, to keep that emotional sanity. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it just felt like classic old school Batman hmm. story. Hmm. It just felt like, I don't know. I it, it's I can't I can't put my finger on it. Maybe it's just. I could it, picture this being drawn by Neil Adams back in the late 70s, I early could see 80s. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe in a couple of years I will go back and read this and yeah. feel differently. But as of right now, how it's hitting me is yeah. just mm. off-center. Mm. Just you're grumpy. <laughs> you know, fuck it. You just got the bat grumps. Bat grumps. But what about Batman Universe? Ah, that's the that good was one. Good. It's fun. That's a good one. I love Batman ah. Universe, yeah. All right, let's see. Thunder round time, Thunder y'all. Round. It's our first time. Let's see if we can do it correctly. I got my timer. I'll do it. I'll oh, you got a timer? It. I will time it. Hold on. So thunder us. We're going to do two thunder rounds. And um, usually what this is going to be is one of us will talk for 60 seconds. That's it. We used. I've tried this in the past. Hmm. And certain ones of us on the on the show, 
the timer would go off and there would be three <laughs> more minutes of talking that's it we get 60 seconds as soon as that timer goes off we're done um and we're going to talk about fearless number one written by sean and mcguire with art by claire Rowe, leo and oh also written by leah williams art by nina Foqueva, also written by kelly thompson with art by carmen carnero the fiercest ladies of the Marvel Universe on and off the page. Straight off our silver screen debut, Captain Marvel takes the world by storm. And speaking of the weather, Storm of the X-Men faces a problem only a goddess could solve. Add the Invisible Woman and you've got an unstoppable trio in a story by Hugo-nominated novelist and Spider-Gwen ghost spider writer Sean and McGuire. Then Leah Williams takes us back to the golden days of romance with Millie the Model. Plus, get your dose of her story <laughs> with profiles on classic and contemporary creators. So, um, what we're going to do for this, our, for our first one, we're going to right off script. Not doing. We're yeah. fucking it up. <laughs> and we're going to do 30 seconds each. So, Brian, Lieb, yes. you'll get 30 seconds to talk about it. Cool. And then I will get 30 seconds. My to 30 seconds is quit. first? Yeah. And go. So, Fearless, I really was excited about this book and interested in it. I like all the characters. It was pretty cool. It did not grab me as much as I wanted it to, but it's the first issue, and I didn't realize going in that it was three stories, so it's, like, shorter, shorter even than a normal one would be. The, the Campfire Song, I was a little surprised that none of the three of them wanted to go to this thing. Right. And I didn't know why none of them wanted to go. The last one, I came felt like I was coming in in the middle of a story, but it's still pretty cool. Hey, okay, so um, I really like the first story. I like, but I, I agree with you, Brian, that like mm. it felt weird. But I also understand as an adult making a commitment, and then when it comes time to do that commitment, mm. it, how, however innocuous you go, <laughs> I don't want to do this today. I just want to nap. So um, I think it was more about that than um, that um, than not wanting to like meet with children. But um, I thought the first story was great. The Millie the model was kind of interesting, and the art was great. The last one features. Um, the little babies, and I'm really excited about that. <sighs> we did it. Did it. We did it. <laughs> Oof. Stop it. Oh, no. We got one more <laughs> thunder round, and this is see, I, see it's thunder usually called round. a. It's called a. This, I need to come up with some sort of <laughs> stinger. Hang on, let me pull the book up. Oh Jesus Christ! Why you? This so, comes out of your 60 seconds. Why are you yeah. so <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Noel is going to do a thunder round for Action Comics number. 1013. And it's written by Brian Michael Bendis with art by Zyman Kudransky. Metropolis is in total lockdown, and while everyone is busy dealing with the impossible theater threat of Leviathan's <laughs> complete takeover, a mysterious anti-hero called Thorn has decided to wreak havoc on the Invisible Empire. Witness the return of Rosen Thorn, the most dangerous woman in the DC universe. Go. So this book is squarely placed within the event Leviathan event that's happening because it started in the action comics. So we're really just seeing... Um, this is a mix of the offer that Lex Luthor is putting out as well as um, Event Leviathan comings and goings. So we did have the secret uh, mafia boss being visited by Lex Luthor. It was a great conversation where she was just like, nah, fool. Um, <laughs> it was. It was just like, nah, fam, I'm good. I, I could do this. I've been doing it for a while. Uh, and then we also have uh, Robin Good following up the story on... Rosenthorn, which is a character I did not even know about uh, up until now. Uh, it's like a Two-Face style character. Um, we also got some really, a really, really good interaction with Superman and one of the people of Leviathan. And it just confirms again the teleportation theory that not everyone has been killed. This is a fun, fun tie-in book. Uh, and the offer goes out to Red Mist at the end. 
go. Turn that shit off. All right, let's get back into our regular reviews for the week. Let's uh, move on to History of the Marvel Universe number one, written by Mark Wade with art by Javier Rodriguez and art inks by Alvaro Lopez. An all-new story by legendary creator Mark Wade. Everything you ever wanted to know about the Marvel Universe in one lavishly illustrated series. From the Big Bang to the Twilight of Existence, History of the Marvel Universe chronicles completely, for the first time, everything that was, is, or will be. It's probably not going to do everything that will be. Yeah. Um, I bet it, they won't even do the things that were but haven't been come up with yet. Yes. Revealing the retcons. You yeah. don't know Re what you don't know. <laughs> right. Revealing previously unknown secrets and serving as the ultimate reference book for Marvel fans. Witness the greatest tale ever told and be prepared for some shocking revelations. I got about halfway through this book. Mm. I was very excited about it because I like Mark Wade and I mm. love the cover. Look at all that cool yeah, shit that's, that's cool. happening on the cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I realized it was literally, it was they weren't kidding. No. Here is the history of the Marvel Universe. It's basically, we've got a bookend mm -hmm. is Franklin Richards and Galactus in the far, far future after everything is mostly dead. I really like that sequence. That was cool. The art in that, like that kind of yeah. like minimalist kind of thing. And, mm -hmm. and I like that kind of grand say, uh, setting anyway. Yeah, it looks great. Yeah. The art's wonderful. Yeah. And there's so much going on from page to page. It's uh, Javier Rodriguez drew the fuck out of it. I'm really excited about it. But again, mm. it is literally you're mm -hmm. just reading the history of the Marvel Universe. Yeah. And it is a slog. Um, my my buddy Mike Fakara, he writes for Marvel. He does, um, by writing I mean he writes the biographies and the handbooks and all mm. that other stuff. He's got a whole team of people that do the handbooks of the Marvel Universe. And they've actually been helping Mark Wade with all of this. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm sure he is very excited about this and reading this. But for me it was very dry. Um, and Noel, you and I had talked about it a little bit. And you said you were you had to kind of work to get through it. I did. Um, so I, uh, I, I jumped. I was very excited about this book also because I love Mark Wade. I also love when Mark Wade is given like the whole toy chest because mm. his his information reservoir is quite deep when it comes to comic books, especially modern comic books. So I was I was pretty excited for this, and I read that for that first chunk of um, Franklin and his Herald Galactus, mm. which was. Mm -hmm. Which oh. is wonderful. Yeah, that was, I didn't get that. That's I from think. Jonathan Hickman's Fantastic Four run, actually. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I was I was into it, and then and then it started, and then it was just it was just oratory. It was it was mm -hmm. a, a you know a vocal history of here. And then Let I got oh, well. Hang on, hang on. I got I got a little downtrodden, and I it felt like a slog. And mm -hmm. then something switched in my brain where I realized if this was a textbook. I would fucking love it. <laughs> <laughs> so then I started reading it again in that respects of all this beautiful artwork and mm -hmm. the it, literal textbook history of, yeah. you know, this land. And I, it just, it clicked and I it's, dug the shit out of it. It's mm. going to be good for me in the future to reference. Mm. Of like, oh, you know what? I don't know much about the Eternals. Let me go read some, find the Eternals book yeah. uh, portion of this. Here's a little bit of uh, what we're reading. The earliest species of their creation were short-lived, but did not die in the traditional sense. The last of each, the self-named elders of the universe, drew upon the waning life energies of their people to create a shared power primordial. This gave the elders virtual immortality, allowing their race to live on in spirit. So, some there, I learned a couple things with this book. Me oh, too. Yeah, Actually, no. that. I didn't realize. I thought the elders of the universe were all individual creations that were kind of like siblings. 
I so I, there were a few times where I was like, oh, yeah. yeah also, that? too, I think the way that this might end up getting bookended is so when Galactus starts the story of the universe, he was the last thing from the universe that previ- previously yes. existed. I didn't know and that. became it. Oh yeah? yeah, yeah. He was just as close to as you could at that time of a man that lasted throughout the universe much like Franklin Richards. Mm. So I actually do think that this will be mm. bookended with Franklin making it through because he is going into to make it through. Universe. That's into, what they into said. Into the new yeah, universe, yeah, yeah. but as something maybe like Galactus. Could be, yeah. Neat. I, I, I love the symmetry of this kind of shit, and I, mm-hmm. I don't know how long it's going to go. I don't know if I'm going to feel about it the whole time, but this feels oddly important. Mm-hmm. I like the... Uh, sweeping histories or that kind of thing. In fact, the part for me where it started to become a little bit of a slog was where it got into the more uh, here's uh, different civilizations doing smaller things as opposed to like eternity gazed upon the creation of Eon. (laughs) You know, that kind of thing. I think I'm going to like it more once I get to Modern times. Okay. Well, next issue, I think, is... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, the next issue has Captain America, Bucky, the X-Men, Iron Fist. I'll be more excited about that stuff. Mm. Also, holy cats, look at that. That cover for next issue is by McNiven. Good. Mm -hmm. That does not look like McNiven. Hmm. I think it... Well, it's the... Done in a classic style. Yeah, yeah. It's just really cool that he did this... um, Yeah. Is that... Was Mark Grenwald? Is that the word I'm looking for? Grenwald, yeah. Mm. Or, wait... This sort of Captain America face... I don't know. I was noticing his pose more. That sort of, you know, That's like... classic pose. Very classic. Yeah. Not the way that a person would stand, but very powerful. Yeah. Like, it's yeah, cool, it's, yeah. It is a great cover. Anyway, no, um, yeah, I think I'm going to be more into this next yeah, yeah. issue. Did you notice that there was a couple of different references to, like, Jonathan Hickman's shield run? Mm-hmm. Was the Imhotep? I thought that stuff was cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, um, yeah. Imhotep subsequently banded together Earth's greatest thinkers to yeah. form the Brotherhood of the Shield and, like... Before uh, you know, a couple hundred years before that, uh, or maybe a thousand years before that, <laughs> the first Avengers, which just yeah. got yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that yeah. Thor added Jason, in. Jason Aaron's Aaron run, stuff. yeah. Which um, is interesting. How so? Thor, it looks like, was born about fifteen hundred years ago, according to this, which is odd. But also, I like that they do the whole like he had completed it, or he was nearing the end of this this particular Ragnarok cycle. Yeah. I wonder, like, were there? Thors of that time, or is it like, well, oh no, Odin was the younger one and Bor was the, the well, older like, one? Well, like I got the impression that Thor is kind of so. It, it was very. I didn't know that Gaia was Thor's mother. Oh yeah, I didn't know that either. In mythology as well. Yeah. So I'm getting the imp- like that they made note of that in the history of. It's not necessarily just like it, it, Thor is something different mm. for the Asgardians. They did say that, yeah, like he He's wanted to, with man yeah, more so than any other Asgardian yeah, yeah. before. Because it's the spirit of the earth hmm. that hmm. is his mother. This is going to be one of those books that uh, I'll probably read a couple pages at a time instead mm-hmm. of sitting and reading mm-hmm. the entirety of it. But I'm definitely going to, once it's all said and done, have a hardcover on my shelf of it. Hmm. it yeah, feels, yeah, it it's a cool like hardcover thing. In the future, you know. Yeah, this you know, and also see this art will look so good in a yeah. large oh, format. It's, so it's cool. Good. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I especially like the beginning yeah. sequences, but all of it is really good. And you know what? It's also like it's a calm sort of read. Mm-hmm. It's just the, like a, a grand view yeah. of the march of time, you know. Yeah, and I'm also interested in when they get to the future stuff. It was difficult to read in the middle of the stack. And I think yeah, that was yeah, the service yeah. to the book because, you know, you go from super heroics 
and you know and high Brian tension Bendis yeah, yeah, yeah high yeah. tension and then all of a sudden it's an oratory textbook about fictional characters that you <laughs> so it was it's and you know weird. about what it is like you know what's going to happen because you know the rough yeah. history of the marvel universe but, already but then when it clicked of like oh this is a textbook yeah, yeah. Me, like yeah. absorbing it in a different way i was like yeah. oh no this is kind of brilliant yeah yeah I didn't know that the Savage Land was engineered. Yeah, I thought it was Isn't just like great? oh, it's an ab- you know an anomaly yeah, or what have you. Same, yeah, same. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're learning stuff. Indeed. Look at that. Um, Do a book and report the, on this. The way that the destroyer was was uh, created, I thought was really nifty. I never knew that. Oh, I oh, didn't know that either. That part. Yeah. Which part? Uh, to prepare for the Celestials' eventual fourth host, so the fourth time that the uh, Celestials would come in like yeah. clear way. Um, which would judge humanity, Odin created the Destroyer, an invincible suit of armor imbued with the powers by the Council of the Godheads. So all Jesus of... Jesus Christ. Yeah. The Council of the Godheads. Who are the Council of the Godheads? It's no, the no. leaders of the different pantheon. Okay. So I think like Zeus, you know, yeah. Odin. Oh, yeah, I see. Zeus, Odin, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the leader of the Eternals at the time. Like it okay. was just like all of the, all yeah. of the air quotes gods yeah. gotcha. that lived above humanity. I liked how Galactus uh, respected the surfer. You know, he was yeah. like a, a, a brave man stood up to me. Like, that was yeah. cool. Yeah. Oh, t- uh, well, there was another thing in here, too. So, uh, apparently, Fin Fang Foom is a shapeshifter. Yeah, what? I didn't know that. And he just picked this one. Yeah, I'm like, is he you, stuck in this are you one? Stuck, or what? Bro? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he's like, no, no, no. This one is great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You want me to become something better yeah. than a giant lizard in purple yeah. underwear? Are you or not? You find right. that for me and I'll turn <laughs> into a. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you not like my gaiju game? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Let's move on. Jane Foster Valkyrie number one, written by Jason Aaron and Al Ewing, with mm. art by Kefu? Kefu. Kefu? I don't know. Jane Foster stars in an all-new, ongoing series. A new hero emerges straight from the pages of the War of the Realms. For years, you knew her as Dr. Jane Foster, one of Thor's most steadfast companions. Then, you knew her as Thor, the goddess of thunder, who took up the mantle when no other hero, god, or human was worthy. Hmm. Now, Jane takes on a new role as Valkyrie. Guide and fairy woman to the dead, but her days of punching are far from over. War of the Realms master architect James Jason Aaron and superstar Al Ewing join forces with rising star Kefu for the book that'll have everyone talking. It'll have us talking. It's true. I don't think she punched soon. anybody in the Wait, whole issue, do, though. Do, like before we get into this conversation, do we want to spoil the ending? Because I almost want to like not spoil the ending of this book. Of this book on yeah. spoiler alert. Well, I mean. I was genuinely kind of surprised, and that doesn't happen often. I'm I'm turning to. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Let's let's Let's, leave. Let's let's leave that. So, um, I. All right. Here's my stance on on Lady Thor. What do we got? I love her. Mm -hmm. I love Jane Foster as Thor. Mm -hmm. I love everything about her. I love the cancer, the problem that that presents. My only problem with it is I did not care about Roxxon and Dagger. Dario Agger. Oh yeah, yeah, we talked about I that. I did not like her her nemesis uh, in that run. Okay, I did not read that run. So uh, I don't, yeah, I'm gonna read it. I'm gonna read good. it this yeah. year. I, mean, I heard it's a lot of good. good things. Yeah, but it's not worthy of <laughs> of that character. I okay. wanted a bigger, yeah, 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 more yeah. powerful story for her. Um, just Dario Agger. He's like. He's sort of what is he like a, a fucking centaur, but he's also a yeah. businessman. I don't know. He's a centaur. You, it's a, he's he's a, a businessman. It's a Saturday Night Live skit, centaur <laughs> businessman, so. and he's supposed to be the big. Anyway, I only read the first eight issues mm-hmm. of her run, and I fell off, and always was, and was going to collect it, but. 
didn't her adversaries get bigger? Like it turned into eventually saving all of Asgard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like that first It eventually got somewhere. Yeah, but... that first out of the gate, that was pretty weak. Yeah. I got the sense a lot of it also was more about her and you know, like this new relationship with Mjolnir and whatever. This is from not having read it, but and all, well, yeah. also the first two trade paperbacks. I think it was a surprise. It was a secret. You didn't Who know. Is? Yeah, Who yeah, is yeah. Lady Thor. We didn't yeah. know. Yeah, we didn't which I thought was funny like, for because like Natalie Portman is yeah, going to be. Right but I, I was like, well, they have to announce it because in a comic you can just draw. A female with a mask, and you can't tell who it is. Yeah. If you saw pictures of Natalie Portman, you'd be like, "Oh, that's Natalie Portman." Hey, what's up, man? <laughs> you know, like she was in the previous yeah. movie. And well, that's the interesting there. thing with uh, her in the comic books is that when um, Jane picked up the hammer, she had a completely different body. She was. She was. It was as if you know, you take Natalie Portman and she yeah. picks up the hammer, and then Gwendolyn Christie yeah. is Thor. I mean, I guess that's what happened body. with with Donald Blake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. 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 So um, that being said. Now, uh, all the Valkyrie, the Valkyrium, the v- Valkyrior, the Valkyrior, were all killed by Malekith in the War of Realms. Mm. Which, if you have not listened to the show before, we loved the War <laughs> yeah, of we Realms. Mm. We were, mm. sh- no one was as shocked as us <laughs> that we enjoyed the War of the Realms as much as we did. So, um, at the now we've got Jane Foster. So the idea is the ultimate Thor's hammer. Mm. Made its way after Secret Wars, which combined Ultimate and Marvel 616 together. His hammer made it through that process and became the War Thor hammer. Mm-hmm. And then she picked it up in order to help fight the War of Realms, which made her Thor again. Mm-hmm. But she had the War Thor hammer, mm-hmm. which was at its breaking point. Yeah, so, of course, destroyed. she delivers the big blow at the end, shattering the hammer, yeah. which then coalesces into a, ban- uh, uh, what would you call that, a gauntlet on her arm. Yeah, it like reconstituted a, itself just yeah. for her. And it's a called, bracer, it, I it's, believe. It's, yes, yeah, a bracer. Yeah, yeah. And it's now part of her, and it's called the All Weapon. Hmm. It's got an actual name, which is weird. Yeah, um, un- Underguard or something? Yeah. O- Underjorn, I think is what it is. It was something All that Weapon. I, it was something I had to sit there and try. Like the, try and <laughs> like the uh, late '80s, early '90s <laughs> afternoon the, commercial. Oh, we're all weapon. Well, everything goes. Everything goes to the hot pocket sting. Uh, hot pocket. Oh, that is what it is. Oh, <laughs> all weapon. So U N D R J A R N. Steve Unjarn. 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 I kind of suspect it took that the D is sometimes pronounced as a the. I'm not sure. And you know, don't I wouldn't pronounce it like that to learn how to say Mjolnir. Yeah, I definitely switched a lot of those letters around when I was a kid. Yeah. Anyway, do you know it's called? You know, it originally they named it the Uru Hammer in like early Stanley Curry, and it's like his Uru Hammer. And then somebody was like, "Oh, it already has a name." And then, so that's why it's made out of Uru. Yeah. In the mythology, it's regular metal. Oh. and Or whatever. But uh, they were like, oh, no, it's uh, we were calling it the Uru Hammer because that's what it's made out of. Uh-huh. Its name is Mjolnir. Duh. <laughs> <Yeah>. Stupid. <laughs> so basically, she um, takes on the Fast Five in Red line. Yeah. Red line. Um, Red which line. Was, it was a fun little sequence of her like taking on these D-list heroes. Are they a previously this, existing This guy's literally group? got... I think they all do. Blades. I think they're all rollerbladers. Bladers, Inline? as I don't it were. Know. I what? love. I think they are bladers. They're called no, rollerblades. Rollerblades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's wearing golden. No, they themselves blades. are referred to as bladers. Oh, I see. Maybe I don't know. The more I say it, they the more I wonder. No, the they more are I now. hate yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. The more I hate you for saying <laughs> I, it. I hate your hobby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
I don't do it. <laughs> um, I do. I do appreciate the. W- so this is a this is an excellent piece of writing. The fact that you're introduced to these four awful D-list bad guys, but immediately mm-hmm. they're characterized in such clear ways. Mm-hmm. And I loved the red one named Redline, yeah. who pumped himself up and just kept saying his name. Redline, Redline. Red, yeah, like like we got to do this smart. And then you just <laughs> got that doof who's just like, Nah, Redline, 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 like yeah. like. Uh, <laughs> like pumping himself up before lifting like 400 yeah, yeah. pounds like, like <laughs> we got this <laughs> it was just really funny I, I, lo- I loved that little interaction it was stupid also I like that Jane Foster is still having some repercussions of having to be Valkyrie I almost called it mm. for Valkyrie because um, she's a doctor mm. but she has not been showing up to work consistently and she's yeah. always late so the administrator was like guess what you're going down to the morgue yeah yeah, you're on morgue duty, John. I really like the idea of her as Valkyrie because mm-hmm. her as Thor is cool, but it's not going to last forever. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like she, Thor's going to be back eventually, and then you know what's she going to do? She doesn't have her own like power stuff going on uh, way in her backstory, but I think it's a cool thing for her to become that she's empowered. It's kind of a still a similar transformation to the Thor thing. I mean, they go to great lengths to say it's not that similar, mm-hmm. but. From our perspective, yeah. you know, she's got a very similar vibe and is now superpowered again and is in the Asgardian thing without it being like she's an add-on or, yeah. or whatever. Well, it does feel like she definitely has different powers. Oh, definitely. It, I, well, like they said, Thor cool. is, this is a job. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's really, uh, this is a really great first issue. I like it a lot. And I'm I'm assuming that the cancer thing is no longer an issue because she is oh, now she, like. She's been healed. Okay, because she's also like the the uh, gatekeeper between life and death. So I yeah. would think it's, that she I would hope that she's not right. Like right, <laughs> it's in remission. All yeah. is well. Um, uh, the I well, let's well, let's agree not to talk about it. But the la- the last third of this book was very surprising to me, um, from the turns to the you know reveal at the end, mm-hmm. but everything leading up to it too. How they explore that difference between um, being Thor was like a calling. Whereas this is this is a job, this is an actual task, and it has some unseemly details. Yeah, and I really, really, really like this book so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I was afraid really I would I wouldn't because I was like, oh, Valkyrie. I've never really cared about Valkyrie before as a character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although I do, she's in this issue. Yeah, um, because she's in Valhalla. Yeah, which is basically just a big pub. You're yeah. all just like hanging out yeah, on yeah. these uncomfortable wooden um, benches and I mean, drinking it, meat, I guess. That's like, heaven. Your butt doesn't hurt. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. true. That's true. And yeah, I think you go problems. out and fight all day, and then you come back at night and hang out there. I like. I think I like her outfit a little bit better than this new Valkyrie outfit. Do you? Outfit. Yeah. I was actually thinking that I like the new one. I like that kind yeah. of like triangular. Well, I also like thing. that she kept the Thor helmet design. Oh, so yeah. on her mm-hmm. her head plate here is the same Thor. Mm. Little swirly do, hmm. yeah. It's kind of like a W for hmm. some reason. That's the uh, that's the the crest of Jane. <laughs> yeah, the Jane crest. Yeah, they kept calling her Lady Jane, and I'm like, why is that familiar? What is that? What pop cultural? Lady J from GI Joe. It's I never true, watched yeah. GI Joe. What? Eh. Why are you on my show? I mean, well, I, never... I have other good qualities. <laughs> <laughs> a deep voice, beautiful eyes. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, it. that's not <laughs> that any good for you listeners. But yeah. <laughs> the deep voice, yeah. The really deep voice doing is it fine. Yeah. yeah, makes yeah, me yeah. wet. Excellent. Dumpy wet. How? Dumping. How does that happen? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's very hot outside. Okay, okay. And the voice just puts it right over the top. I have have what I like to call swamp ass. 
I got you. I got you. Oh, I like her powers too, and that goes a long way with yeah. me. Cool powers is like fifty mm-hmm. percent. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. The other fifty percent is knowing, uh, knowing everything. exactly everything. Yeah. Everything. <laughs> I know that much. Every uh, <laughs> everything in this book is earned. Uh huh. Where they put the character, uh, what they give her, the trials that they put her through, it, it feels earned and not just like. Well, you've seen them like this. Mm-hmm. Now check it out like this. Like it, it feels mm-hmm. more earned, like a progression. And it which, feels like a good number one. It's not yeah. too reliant upon War of the Realms. They they catch you up. Here's her backstory. Here's where we are now. Moving forward, go. And it felt like it's a great. I can hand this to somebody, and be like, hey, try this out. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A and she's plus. she's got golden wings too. Like Those her are cool. all weapon gives her golden wings. That that. Um, I like the artist. Um, who's the artist? Kafu. Kafu. Uh, oh, by the way, the art's nice too. Yeah, it's the art's really nice. good. Yeah. yeah, it's classy. It's got a classy art style. It does. To it. Yeah, um, I actually really like the coloring. But yeah, mm-hmm. I, I was wondering because uh, she's clocking one of these fast five with her hammer. I'm sorry, with her. What the fuck is that? It's the all weapon. They're all weapon. <laughs> all weapon. <laughs> and um, her golden wings are just sort of disintegrating into her armor again. I like how they, they cool. appear and, and disappear. Yeah. Oh, I think that's actually a bolo it has become that she oh. fires yeah, out. That part. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, um, it, it, feels, yeah. it feels like um, uh, in the movies, Tony Stark's suit like keeps moving to where it's needed more yeah yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. just like that it's just like yeah. i need a mace and immediately the wings kind of dissipate mm. into the mace that's plus cool. the wings i feel are cooler than a winged horse you know what i mean are cooler, oh, yeah. cooler. Yeah. are cooler well what if she's got wings and a winged horse that she could do like aerial tricks and shit like, what if i mean i guess having like wings does not preclude you from sitting on a winged horse <laughs> i can beat that yeah what if she has wings yeah. and the horse doesn't <laughs> and she picks <laughs> the horse up with her yeah. legs and well, flies around yeah. that's incredibly yeah, yeah, yeah. strong yeah. like yeah. glutes yeah. to hold yeah. onto the horse yeah. and keep it <laughs> <laughs> that she brings around just yeah. for fun and just companionship because it looks cool yeah 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 she's a flying horse but it's not flying she's lifting it i'm actually doing this or or if it's like a little Sebastian situation. Like it's a tiny pony. Oh, yeah. It's, it's not a pony knoll. Yeah. It's a mini horse. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> My bad. Oh, shit. All right. Last but not least, Marvel's epilogue. Oh, uh, this was cool. So written by Kurt Busiek with art by Alex Ross. An all-new standalone epilogue to the classic Marvel's graphic novel. Uh, Marvel's look at the all-new, all-different X-Men of the 1970s. In this 16-page story, Alex and Kurt bring Marvel's world to brilliant, realistic life. One last time, as the now-retired Phil Sheldon and his daughters in Manhattan to see the Christmas lights find themselves in the middle of a clash between the outsider heroes and the deadly sentinels, giving them a close-up perspective of the mutant experience. Oh, Jesus Christ. Hmm. So uh, I literally had a customer special order this hmm. and then when they found out it was 16 <laughs> pages they were like can i just can't do i have to buy it and i was like yeah you ordered it <laughs> just buy it brandon read your, read your 16 pages <laughs> Bra- brandon of brandon ask us yes you have to buy it you ordered it um so he, yeah, he was kind of disappointed he but was, this was cute enough i liked it yeah it was a little he was, was MF on, he was mf in it on on wednesday like it's 16 pages they're good pages though yeah. <laughs> i guess is this did either of you guys read the 80s Marvel thing that came um, out. I forget when that came out, or if I. All I remember is that it had Rogue in you know her like green and black outfit with a headband. I think, but it was Marvels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Alex Ross doing. It. There was two of them. Oh, 
Yeah, like but the, the second one was like or a one shot. Uh, it was a miniseries. Oh. I think I don't think it was as as big or of a scope was, at least as the there original. There was the original Marvels, Kurt Busiek oh. and Alex Ross. There There's also yeah. Ruins, which came out right after. Ruins Marvel. was Remember awesome. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really oh, what the hell was Ruins? It's Ruins was like else. the take on like what if these things had happened just in the real world. So oh. you know, like the the X Men are you know it, it's just terrible. They're more than, than it's terrible in the regular Marvel universe. Uh, people get cancer from getting bitten by radioactive spiders. Oh my god! You know the yeah. the all I remember is Cyclops in like some cell, and he's there just for everybody's protection. It was you know? it was Warren Ellis doing like a, a oh, oversized that yeah oversized one shot of awful realistic yeah, versions yeah, yeah. of the Marvel That's universe. Neat. Yeah, yeah, it was, really it was an interesting experience. I, I prefer I Marvels, it. but yeah. it was yeah it was I you know at the time I was so young I just thought it was the same people that did Marvels. <laughs> there um there was a there was a second Marvels right like it was yeah. Kirby's take but a different artist. No, I think it was Alex Ross, or he at least did the covers. Well, yeah, totally the covers. Yeah. But oh, did you guys yeah. notice uh, Clark Kent and Lois Lane in this? Of course. Yeah, that was yeah, cool. Um, it was, uh, and it was Christopher Reeve. Clark yeah, Kent. yeah, definitely. Wait, what? Where? They, right when they're at the skating rink, it's like the first, second page that they're there. Yeah, second page that they're at the rink. Oh my god! There you go. Yeah. Ah! Uh, I mean, that's not I Margot Kidder though. I can't tell. It's a different universe. I can't tell. You know, it's funny too. Like it's it's clearly um, Christopher Reeve, but more so than Christopher Reeve, it's just like, oh, that's Gary Frank's Christopher Reeve. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, I can't tell by the art or this story how old um, his daughters are. They seem like they're in their forties. They look like they're in their mid thirties, but they're acting like they're twelve and eleven. Look at it. That's that's, that's a forty-year-old woman. And we could figure this out, right? Because this takes place sort of in the real world timeline. Yeah. The original Marvels, they were definitely kids. And that was... Well, it's 1963, right? Was it? Okay. I mean, it's the first Marvel... Oh, no, 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 no. 63 was, I'm sorry, Spider-Man. We're talking about, like, he was around for the Human Torch. The he original. was, but then his kids... I, rem- I The only part that I clearly remember his kids being in was when they had that mutant that they hide from yeah. the, like, lynch mob in oh, their right. basement. Yeah. That I is referenced in this story. I do not remember Marvels, guys. Oh, it was a good story. I remember yeah. it in itself and what it was, yeah. but Same. details. I uh, I went he back. Danny Ketch at the end. It's oh, like uh, on a tricycle. Oh my god, <laughs> it's awesome. It's a little dry that Marvels. I always liked. Um, for some reason, I always compare. And for some reason, it's an obvious reason. I always compared it to Kingdom Come. Hmm. Kingdom Come was big and bombastic and crazy, yeah. and I loved it. And then. Marvels was very like, eh, here's some it's stuff. It's sort of like a uh, little more narrative version of the history of the Marvel Universe that exactly. we were just talking about. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Although I did always like the idea of this guy, like there's that scene where he's working for the Daily Bugle, and this like punk kid comes in selling pictures of Spider-Man, and he's like, ah, oh, what a little... What a little pisser. Mm-hmm. You know, pisser. he's selling pictures of Spider-Man, making a buck, but it's Peter Parker. You know, right. but he has no idea that that is Spider-Man. Um. Yeah, I thought it was a fun, it was a fun little epilogue kind of story. This was fine. Yeah, it was cute. Uh, just they're just gonna put it on the. Be- they better just put it in the back of the next yeah. Marvel's print. Let's print run. Don't make this an extra thing. <laughs> that's Don't what do I, that. That's what I assume this is gonna be like. Yeah. They they commissioned uh, a short story, and it hmm. was just like, well, let's let's get some money on an issue. And yeah. they could if they ever wanted. I mean, it clearly is a torch passing thing, even yeah. though they don't explicitly say it. It's like, oh, the daughters now are interested in yeah. becoming photojournalists or something like that. I I dig I did really did dig the back matter, but I mean, I would rather that in like you said a hardcover if I ever wanted to read this mm-hmm. again. Yeah, like when we get to see um, some pencil sketches and the thumbnails, which are better than most oh. artists. 
um, yeah, the actual mm. page that they try and recreate. Um, they they show a couple of them like um, from the original the from the original like the the panels that they tried to create recreate in Alex Ross's style for covers. This is so like I like this type of stuff. Mm. Yeah. This like process stuff. Mm. The fifteen page story was just like yeah, cool. It was <laughs> yeah. inconsequential. It's fine. You know, I kind of wondered if he had reused art that he had done for Marvels in the scene where Phil Sheldon is remembering the stuff from Marvels. Did he? I don't know. Yeah. I, I still wonder it. Um, it's gorgeous. Yeah, it is. Alex always, Ross. Always. I mean, I mean, it was mind-blowing when Marvels yeah. came out because nobody had done something like yeah. this that I, re- that I knew about. I like when Nova shows up and he's like, hey, guys, I'm here. What can I do? Yeah. <laughs> Richard, you know? Richard Ryder just trying so hard. Yeah. And they give him something to do. Like, yeah. he's useful. I I um I have a I I think I talked about this with Len at one point. He loves, I think he loves Alex Ross. Len right? the Bat Tribble from the Black Tribbles. Absolutely. Sorry, I didn't give the full name. Please stop yelling at me. <laughs> <laughs> he always um, has a little kiss at the end. Holler at your boy. Yeah. Um, I I had a discussion with him about this. Alex Ross to me is is picturesque and beautiful. But that doesn't necessarily translate very well to like kinetic energy in a panel. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. very static. Yeah. It can be. So I, his interiors, they're you know it's beautiful, but I f- always find it feeling separated. Mm-hmm. So like as much as I kind of dig Kingdom Come, I don't own it or reread mm. it often because ah. it's it feels dry. It feels like somebody's telling me a story instead of yeah. getting lost into a story. Sure. It just feels a little dry and separated because I just see his stuff as photographs it, well not even as photographs just in frames yeah. they're kind of like standard they're like tableaus yeah of of this snapshot in time rather yeah. than like part like of a movie panel progression yeah, from yeah. one to which which is fine it's just not sure. my it's not my bag mm. um so you know uh, 15 page story yeah mm. cool yeah i feel like that is what for me anyway that is what alex ross is whole bag is is like come and look at these awesome pictures mm-hmm. in a way that i don't usually read comics for you know what i mean i like picture and story and, and yeah. all that kind of stuff and and tend to pay more attention to the story uh whereas alex ross is just like here are a bunch of awesome paintings of your uh comic book favorites yeah and yeah. you'll just enjoy it for that what? And I wouldn't want I, everything. What if they were cosplayers? Here you yeah, go. Exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. What if I like, painted cosplayers? It would look really close yeah. to this if you were in this world. I don't want to downplay it. He's oh, awesome. He does a really yeah, good yeah, job. Yeah. But it really is. like He gets somebody to dress up in the outfit. Oh, yeah. He takes photographs and then paints from those photographs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've this seen some of those. Right. It's cool was a looking. looking. Term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, should we do what you do this week, huh? We're at an hour and 17 minutes. Okay. Do it. Yeah. All right. Yeah, no. All right. Let's let's get on to the next segment. A segment I like to call. Hmm. What'd you do this week, huh? Hmm. Yeah. I'm gonna lead us off with Brian. Hmm. I have one question for you. What is that? What'd question. you do this week, huh? Oh. I'll I, I threw you a hardball. <laughs> yeah. Know, sorry. Let's see. Let's see. Let me think for 15 to 30 minutes. All right. Good. And then, <laughs> and then get back to me. <laughs> All right. Uh, while, while you're we, thinking, we yeah. will not edit this out. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Listen to the sound of my thoughts. <laughs> uh, no, no, I got. Uh, <laughs> so I was watching this week. I actually only watched a little bit of the beginning, but it's something that was on my mind. Swamp Thing. Um, I really like it. Uh huh. It's cool. Uh huh. I took me just a little bit to get into it because I watched them week to week rather than straight in. You know, I think it's a show that really would benefit from just watching a bunch of episodes in a row. I'm sorry. From the, what you said earlier, it sounded like you were saying you were just starting the beginning of it. 
No, no, no. I just, I'm sorry. I just started the beginning of this week's episode. Ah! Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, but you're saying it's it might be better as a bingey. I think so. A bingey boy. I think there's some stuff in the beginning episodes that it's probably better if you just get straight through it in a faster pace than yeah. waiting a week in between. I have watched the first three episodes. Okay. Um, yeah, I felt that like Alec Holland as Swamp Thing is not in it as much as I would like in the beginning. Mm-hmm. There, there's a lot of issues that I could easily dismiss because they're the first several episodes of a show. And it's a shame that it won't get a chance to have more mm-hmm. than that. Because um, it looks like they're building to something cool. And what I thought last week was like, oh, this is episode nine. Oh. I didn't realize that there's only this one and one more. And there's some stuff that I'd really like to see them do more with and wrap yeah. up. If the show has one failing, it's that it's slow. Yeah, And... They, yeah, I'd like to see like more Swamp Thing, doing Swamp Thing stuff. Um, just swamping it just up. Just swamping it up, in and out, up and down. Ah. But, yeah. Uh, but And unfortunately, also, the guy that plays Alec Holland is awesome, hardly in it. He's because only in the first episode, right? He's in a little bit more than that. There's okay. like a flashback or another thing, you know, that kind of thing. But uh, he was listed as a main character, and I was like, oh, great. He's. He's really charismatic yeah. and likable, and nope. no, he's no. I mean, no. the other guy's great too, but he's, he's a little guy, more down because he's been turned into a Swamp Thing. The actor who plays actual Swamp Thing, yeah, uh, is from the remake of Friday the Thirteenth ah. that came out Derek, from Platinum Dunes a couple years ago. Derek Mears, yeah. yes, that and guy. he, I read in an interview, like he loves Swamp Thing, yeah. all along. That's you awesome. Know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think my problem with it is, I'm, I'm sad it's it's over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, it was my favorite of all of the DC shows. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, uh, it really speaks to me because I'm a big horror guy. Sure, Specifically, sure. body horror is like mm-hmm. really... And they did such a great job with the with the practical effects. And yeah. even the CG is nice. They did a great job. It's very atmospheric. Mm-hmm. And then it also dealt with characters that I'm... Now I want to read more about, or you know, yeah. know more about, like Madame Xanadu. Yeah. And the oh, Blue she's De- cool. I like Madame Xanadu. And Blue Devil. Yeah, he's cool too. Ian Ziering, Blue Devil. He's what? great on the show. Did not see that coming. Like, so, yeah. oh, I don't know that actor. Is oh, he... he was from 90210. Oh, okay. You might also the know original, the original. Sharknado, I think, or something. I definitely do yeah. not know that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Yeah, he's really cool. Blue Devil is always, you know, he's a pretty side character in the comics, yeah. but the guy that plays him is fun. Yeah. Although, I don't know if had it gone on, if he would have been the same actor yeah. or if they would have done an Andy Bean thing. The practical, you know, where he is. Andy Bean? Oh, sorry. He's the guy that plays Alec Holland. Oh, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it probably would be him because Blue Devil is not the biggest transformation. Yeah. You mentioned the practical effects, and I think that might be a, a, a problem point with the show. The effects are great, but they it's probably really expensive to do yeah, the grand that. Swamp Thing stuff where he's like disappearing from one place and mm. controlling all the, you know, uh, so there's a little bit of yeah. like do more of that. But I understand why, if they can't, why they can't. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen it yet. Oh, okay. Hmm. Yeah. I've I have s- a follow-up question for you, No. Yeah. What'd you do this week, huh? <laughs> oh. Uh, well, I, uh, I've been trying to use my extra time. Uh, when you can find it to catch up on things that I either missed or didn't read or always wanted to try. So I've yeah. got I've got this very long list of books that I want to read or reread. And I got to cross uh, a run off that list. <gasps> which, tell me more. Which was tell me um, more, tell me more. Wonder Woman by Brian Azzarello and Cliff Chang. Ooh, oh, my God, that's so good. Yeah, it's a great run. I yeah. had never read it. Uh, when it came out uh, on the heels of New 52, I read the first two issues and just fell right off of it. Hmm. Not for any other reason than 
I was probably reading like 30 other books. Mm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it, like, having going back and rereading this, those first couple issues, it's very difficult to get in the groove of that of that of that run. Hmm. It they immediately throw at you pantheon knowledge, and they yeah. don't explain anything. <laughs> um, so it was a couple issues in, and uh, I just fell madly in love with it. That's so um, good. I don't. I have a very hate hate sometimes like relationship with Brian Azzarello. <laughs> I get it. Um, I get it. I, he always lures me in, but never sticks the landing as far as I'm mm-hmm. concerned. I don't really appreciate his cynicism. Hmm. So him um, attacking a character who's at the core, their main purpose is love. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. Uh, but he really did nail it. Yeah. And I'm I'm very happy that I took the time to go back and read it. Even the transformation with Hera. I thought yeah. was you know a very uh, hope inspiring positive kind of thing. Yeah, and the yeah. The, the the firstborn is mm. a introduced and lived in character mm-hmm. from Jump mm-hmm. that is just terrifying. Yeah, it was wonderful. It's a yeah, great, that it, was cool. I'm I'm very very happy, and I it was a it was a um, had gift cards kind of leap purchase that I grabbed mm. to re to read it for the first time. Mm. I grabbed the absolute, mm. which I don't know why it yeah. felt like a good idea. Cause I love Cliff Chang and I'm so glad that I have nice. it. And mm. I'm glad I loved it because I have it in a large format mm. that I could yeah. just peer over for a while. I'm glad that you lent it to me. You're welcome. <laughs> um, he just lent me Treat the absolute oh, volume one. Treat so it like your firstborn. Read it. Um, hey, yeah, I can't wait to reread it. I actually do have a question for you though. Who? Hmm. Uh, well, I'm pointing at, JD. Oh, me. Uh, me. I have a question for you. So, like, what did you do last week, huh? Oh, I'll tell you what I did this week, huh? Uh, I started The Boys. Uh, so, for anyone who, <laughs> who whoever doesn't know, The Boys is a comic book series from Dark Horse. It was no. Dynamite. No. Dynamite is what After I meant to say. After Vertigo was like, go fuck yourself. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, and I get it. Uh, <laughs> it was basically Garth Ennis and Derek Robinson going the... Hey, I don't know if I've said this out loud to you guys 90,000 times, but I don't like superheroes very much. Here's a whole <laughs> series about it. And uh, basically all of the superheroes in this world are kind of dickbags and rapists and they take advantage of people and, they and murder they're money and hungry and they murder people. and they're just awful. And But it's basically the pastiche of the seven heroes of the Justice League, hmm. but in this world. Hmm. Um, and we're introduced to Huey, who is uh, just a your everyday kind of schmo, hmm. who uh, they actually drew to look like Simon Pegg. Simon Pegg. Oh, really? Literally, Derek Robertson drew him to look exactly like Simon Pegg, a little rounder head. But yeah, um, and so they they just made a TV show out of it, hmm. and it's pretty good. How many episodes? It's got, uh, I've only watched the first two, but I think I think they all dropped. Is it yeah. a? Miniseries or an ongoing or what? It's it. The second season was announced. Oh, okay. Like they are they are all in on it. And yeah. uh, the um, I think if not the, the first two episodes, the first episode was directed by Dan Trachtenberg. Yeah, of Totally ten, Rad Show and Ten Cloverfield Lane. Oh yeah, also that. Yeah, I mean the other film that was a success. Yeah, really big. Yeah. But which really one is film. more important to me? Let's answer the that. Totally, totally Rad, Rad Show. show. With, uh, your, so with your boy Jeff Kanata. Well, oh, I love him. <laughs> so uh, yeah, the the show is really nihilistic and mm. dark but also has a bit of a heart to it and mm. it's fun and we get to watch carl urban as the butcher he's that's so cool he's so good <laughs> uh i, mean, I, I haven't like, seen the show yet but he is so good no. in everything else yeah you would know him from dread yeah. or star, or star trek. trek he's bones i believe 
Yes. Yeah. Was he also, he was in a show called uh, Almost, almost human, human, which was a really good show. He was in Almost Human? Last yeah. whole season. Was that the one now with the ghost of, of werewolf? No, that's Being the... Human. Damn it. Um, that is one of the things that it was called Being Human <laughs> over shit. time. Okay. No, Almost Human, but they were on at the same time. Yeah. And it was cool. It was a very like, uh, kind of like throwback 90s kind of sci-fi mm-hmm. thing. Didn't last long. Oh. Yeah. But yeah, that's what I've been doing this week. Oh. Cool. Uh, and then before we go... Oh, let's Before pick. we bid you adieu, yes. who gets to roll? We've got some die here. Here we go. We've got a 20-sided die and a six-sided die let's do it. for the letters of the alphabet. Yes. We're going to roll it, and then whatever number I roll, Brian Lieb, yes. is going to be the letter of the alphabet that corresponds to that number. Do and, I get to go grab and the, Noel pick one? Yeah, the back and then one. Noel, now, does Noel have to pick sight unseen, or yes. does he get to choose? Oh, no, like, no, no, I'm going to just like okay, cool. roll my fingers okay. across and grab something from the letter so, that is designated. As cool. I mentioned earlier, we are in my comic shop, JD's Hero Complex, and I have a back issue section. So I'm going to roll these dice, yeah. and we're going to pick a letter, and mm. then Noel's going to go over to that back issue section, and he's going to grab a comic book sight unseen from that ba- that letter. Yes. Because I've got all my, they're all divvied up by letter. Alphabetically organized. Yes. <laughs> this and, is um, and then you're right, your your homework, yes. Brian, yes. is I have downloaded a first grade book report worksheet. Yes. And it is your job to read that comic mm-hmm. and then fill out that work report, okay. that book report worksheet. And then uh, we'll, we will do it. We'll talk about it next week. This is the inaugural yes. back yes. issue book report. Back issue book back report. Issue book report yeah. Our new segment, yeah. which I love. I'm so tickled. <laughs> Here we go. I'm rolling. You can hear it. Oh, there it is. Hear, hear that it. rolling. You it's, could hear it more <laughs> beforehand. There we there go. go. <laughs> All right. Thir- 30. All right. What oh, is no, the 36th no. number? <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to do Letter, three for yes. the 20, from the Very 20 good. side die. Three. C. So A, B, C. There we go. No, walk on over to that. Here we go. I should have cleared picking, off the back issues. Picking. I've put a lot of my stuff on top of these back issues. They're more like tables. They're where yeah. I put off. Actually, a small section. All right. A C section. Uh, oh. Oh. So, all right. He's he's warming them up. He's, Here we go. He's rubbing the tops of Here all the it books. Is. As one must do. Oh, he's fingering it. Wed. Oh no, he's Here got all go. four fingers in oh, it now. Damn. Oh. What do we got? Oh, he's. Why are you sad? I mean, I feel like. Oh. So right. he has picked. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Wow, goddamn, this is good. Yeah. Captain America, number 45, mm. from Ed Brubaker, okay. Ross, Magyar, and D'Armata. Uh, sure. Ross, D'Armata. So, Let's I'm just going to open it up. Okay. And I'm just going to give a little bit of information. Unsealed. Well, the back of it has oh, an ad. ad is on the back. <laughs> you can buy it on Blu-ray December 9th, the Dark Knight Blu-ray. Hmm. So this is, it. from the cover, it looks like it's a square in the Bucky as cap. I think Ross Run. could be Luke Ross. Alec, no, I was thought maybe Alex Ross did the cover. I think it's Lu- I, I it could be Luke. I, Ross. I read all this crap. I think oh, it's yeah. Luke. No, this is Epting. Oh, okay. Epting drew this. Now, can, I why believe does it say Ross on the cover then. Yeah, why does it say Ross? Because on the Ross cover? is the interior. Luke Ross and Butch Geis ah, are the pencilers. There we so, go. So they're written by Ed Brubaker. The yes. pencilers are Luke Ross and Butch Geis. A bunch of anchors. Blah blah blah. Captain America number forty-five, February two thousand nine. Sweet. And, uh, yeah, I this is Bucky Cap. I if I read this. I, I did read some of Bucky Cap, which is unusual this for is me. This is fun. I love this. Yeah, this is cool. Um, all right, guys. That is it. Uh, here is the portion of the show where I read the goodbye outro. 
Thank so you, that, <laughs> that was the intro to the outro. <laughs> okay. Thank you so we much. We are nailing this yeah. segment stuff. I love it. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Spoiler Alert Podcast, brought to you by the Cult Pop Podcast Network. Please email us at cultpopgo at gmail.com, or you can leave us a voicemail if you go to cultpopgo.com. Click on the bright red banner. Please rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you got the podcast. Also, if you want to help the show out, you can donate at Patreon slash Johnny Destructo. Noel, where can we find you? you online uh they can find me on the twitters at mr bartocci that's b-a-r-t-o-c-c-i uh say hey brian where can the people find you online i have a website at brianliebdesign.com that's mm-hmm. brian with an i lieb is l-i-e-b mm-hmm. as in boy and then design Dope. and then the dot com and then the dot com you can find me on twitter at jd's hero complex mm-hmm. also come by the shop and visit us and say hi if you want to um, that is it. Please let us know, actually, write in and let us know what you think of the format mm. of the show. Is there anything mm. we could do? Uh, admittedly, we could tighten it a bit. Uh, we're at an hour and a half. Mm. But, um, yeah, I'm very excited. I hope you guys enjoy it. And uh, we will talk at you later. Bye! Thanks so much for listening to Spoiler Alert. Check out all our shows, including the Cannibal Horrorcast where we review classic and contemporary horror. Oh, it's so spooky! And Gutter Talk with the Black Tribbles, recorded live every week at Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex in Nanyang, PA. Yeah.